Blog Talk Radio.
gentlemen. For those of you who do not know, this is Off the Chain. I am your host, Yvonne Mason, and yes, we are back in the saddle again. It has been a long, almost two years since I've done any shows that have any meat on them. And tonight, this is the second in in, in a show about the stupidity that has decided to take over our country, the United States. Now, I know I have listeners from all over the world, and, and I appreciate each and every one of you for that. But understand that what is happening in, in America is, is something that just boggles my mind, and I know it boggles my, my host, my co-host mind, because people have lost their collective minds. It all started when when this man-made pandemic of COVID-19 or whatever people are calling it this week it changes like most people change their underwear and it's the comfy <laughs> really and and the oh, and, and this is Chris Plain by the way he's my co-host and what happened is the the our, our president said okay I'm not going to declare martial law which if he chose to, he could, which would have been silly on his part. But he says, I'm going to leave it up to you governors because you know your state, your counties, your cities, and your people. So what do the governors do? They immediately, with the exception of maybe four states, they immediately tell everybody, go home, shut down your businesses, shut your doors, pull down your blinds, and be scared to death. And what did the sheep do? They went home, they shut down their businesses, they shut their doors, they pulled down their blinds, they cowered in a corner and said, oh, please, tell us when we can come out again, because we're so afraid. We can't think for ourselves, except for a few of us, who still (laughs) believe in the freedom of the American people and our Constitution. Case in point, case in point. There was a woman who refuses to take herself off of my Facebook page, and Chris will tell you we're going to have this discussion in a minute. Her name's Martha May. And Chris, you know me for a long time. You know that I don't believe that anybody should be named anonymous. If it, I call them out. If I'm going to take a stand, I call people out. Am I correct? That's right. That's the way you do it. Okay. Exactly. So Martha May, bless her heart. Now, I am from the South, and that is not a compliment, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me, it is not a compliment. So anyway, as of today, we still have freedom of speech in this country. That is on our First Amendment. We have freedom of speech, whether it's on paper, whether it's on the airwaves, whether it's verbiage, as in face-to-face, or whether it's on social media, we do have freedom of speech. So I proceeded to put my feelings on my page that I am responsible for, that nobody else is. And so this lovely, lovely woman from Michigan, where Chris is from, who he's really ashamed that she is from his home state, (laughs) <laughs> proceeded to tell me that I was uneducated, now hold a, master, a degree in criminal justice. I am a bounty hunter. I am an author. I've been on television four times. I have this radio show. I'm an artist. What else do I do? I have my own clothing line, and I am a professional photographer, but I'm dumber than a bag of rocks. So she put, proceeds to tell me how uneducated and stupid I am and that she's smarter than all of us. So that she, as soon as she heard about this 
COVID-19, she hops a plane and runs back to Michigan, and she goes and she buys out the store enough for 30 days, and she's hunkered down in her house, and she doesn't have to go out. And I am my kindest, honeyest, dripping, sarcastic voice wrote back, well, Martha May, bless your heart, you are a forward thinker. She writes back and says, well, yes, I am. Thank you for the compliment. And I said, Martha May, I'm from the South. That is not a compliment. That is an insult, the worst insult that you can be given by another human being in the South, man, woman, child, or beast. She then proceeds to put up these little GIFs that you get on social media, and it shows the the photos of people from Walmart. That's been an ongoing thing for, for many years here where you see these people in Walmart that are, how would you say, Chris, dressed differently? People of Walmart. <laughs> yeah, people of Walmart. And she says, this is my one-upping you, my sarcasm to your insult. Now, people, I'm easily amused. Chris will tell you, I am easily amused. And I don't mind playing word battles with people because doing that is like taking flint to a sword. In order to keep a sword sharp, one has to put flint to it in order to keep the edge battle ready. Well, when I am dealing with a subhuman being like this woman who says that she went to the, oh, she's went to the best colleges, they have the best the, the top ranked schools and universities in Michigan, and she went to them, and that I was not a true Christian, but she was, and so she's smarter than me, and she has more faith than I do. Okay, well, that's another whole story. But anyway, people wanted to know why I wouldn't unfriend her. The reason I won't unfriend her is because, number one, I'm easily amused, and number two, it keeps my wit sharp because she does not get up early enough in the morning to outwit me. Case in point. And then we're going to bring Chris in on this discussion because she she really got nasty with him. So on um, the 30th of, of last month, I went on my Facebook page, and she, this is what I found. I'm going to read the post that I wrote. I said, well... Just when I thought my life could not get any more interesting during this bout of total insanity, I found out I was so, so wrong. I have been having this ongoing, I don't know what, with a person in the lovely state of Michigan. Apparently she is a snowbird because as soon as the panic started, she raced back home as fast as her car would carry her and informed me in a tone that she was the smarter one because she was stocked up for a month and therefore did not have to go out for anything. Anyway, she loves to troll my page and post illogical statements which are filled with name-calling because she does not, does not know how to have a discussion, a discourse, or a debate because she has no facts to back up her, her discussion. She does not have the wherewithal to use logic in a debate or a discussion with anyone who dares to disagree with her or hold a different opinion or view on things. Anyway, I digress. This morning, she posted a snarky comment on a post, and when I dared ask her why, she didn't just didn't remove herself from my page since she hated me so much and hated my post, 
her answer was, well, let me just say, complimentary, tongue-in-cheek here, people. I have been called many things in my life, and Chris will tell you, I have been called many, many, many things. I've been insulted by so many people. I've been called a heretic. I've been told they wish I would die. But this took the cake. This woman who does not know me, refuses to know me, and yet she loves trolling my page just so she can justify something lacking within herself. Who knew? So, ladies and gentlemen, I give you this. Her name is Martha May. Look her up. It's Martha, M-A-R-T-H-A, M-A-E. And here is her reason for not removing herself from my page. And I won't remove her because I find her amusing, at least for the moment. My quote to her, Martha May, I am curious if you hate what I post on my page so much, why are you still listed on my friends page? Logic would tell me that if you hated me and hated what I post, you would take yourself away from my page. Not that I want you to, just saying. Now, in the South, when someone says, just saying, Chris, what does that mean? It means, um, oh, I don't know Basically, it means they're dumber than a box of rocks. <laughs> there you go. So then this Martha May, bless her heart, writes back, and she says, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I can hardly get this out without falling on the floor laughing. She says, Yvonne Mason. You are an active study. I find the twisted, selfish logic engaging on the level of a train wreck. I'm amazed at those who support Trump and claim moral superiority. And then I said, Martha May, it is nice to know that you enjoy putting me under your microscope of left-wing dribble. Thank you for that. I shall let the world know I am now a case study. Wow. Been many things in my life, but never someone's personal case study. I feel so special. She writes back, you are not special. You are in a large, brainwashed cult. Good luck as you practice your version of social distancing. I'll pray for the innocent who will die because of selfish fools who can't wait to go to the salon. We could have had fewer deaths, poor leadership, and the morons who follow them are not very intelligent. They are not true Christians, and no way are they patriots. Martha May, bless your heart, I am both. They are mentally and spiritually flawed. Now, I want to know how she knows that about me. They cry to the Constitution as they protest saving lives by refusing to commit a few weeks of isolation. Encouraged by Trump to carry guns to protest restrictions to a deadly pandemic. Shame on you all. And then she goes, 60,000 dead in America next month. There'll be 80 dead and red states are opening up and not reporting COVID-19 deaths. And I said, by the way, it is not, oh, and, and then I said, by the way, it is not your place to say who is a true Christian and who is not. You did not die on a cross between two criminals. And I said, the same Constitution that gives you the right to stay home, wear a mask, make your opinions heard, is the same Constitution that allows me the freedom to live my life as well. 
It is not conducive to just you or those who feel the way you do. So then it goes on and on and on and on. And so my friend Chris Plain, who's also from the state of Michigan that now has a dictator for a governor, which we will get into that as well. I think she and Martha May must be bosom buddies on this. He and a, a school friend of mine that went to school have this conversation between the two of them. And then Chris tells the the lovely folks out there what the lovely Martha May did to you and Mike. Oh, she reported me for bullying. Because um, pretty much we, Mike made a comment about her being a cunt. And I said she couldn't possibly be a cunt because she lacks both the warmth and the depth. Uh, <laughs> so um, she reported me for bullying, and I, uh, I, uh, what did I say? I uh, debate or not debated. I can't even think of the word I'm thinking of now. I, uh, I basically told Facebook I didn't think it was um, disputed. That's the word I'm looking for. I disputed it, so it took them about three days, and they come back and said, well, we think it is. So I was like, well, good for you. Uh, you know, have a nice life. Yeah, I don't give a shit what you think personally, but, hey, <laughs> that's not bullying. I've seen words, I'm going to tell you. I was going to say, because anybody that knows me knows if I want to be a bully, I got a lot better stuff to say than that. Uh, <laughs> and I'm the type that if I'm going to bully you, I'll just show up at your door and do it. Uh, I'm not going to do it over the internet because, you know, much like you, I'm not scared of a damn thing. So, uh, what are they going to do? Kill but, me? I've already died three times. You can only kill me once. Yeah. But, but let me just, I want to start by making a few points of things you said in that. First off, she's got multiple degrees from one of the best colleges in Michigan. Uh, Her degrees are from Central Michigan. The only thing that Central Michigan is the best at is partying. They are known as the number one party college in Michigan. They're the number three party party college in all of the United States. Um, So the only thing that college is known for is people that want to go there and get drunk off their ass. Uh, (laughs) That's it. so essentially, she's full of crap on that. Um, number two, uh, for she for her to say you know this and that about not being a true Christian, if she was a true Christian, she would know that there was a passage in the Bible that says, "Judge not, lest ye be judged yourself." Exactly. So, once again, this is a a typical liberal um, using the Bible in their own twisted and stupid way to, you know, as logic. Um, And, you know, I'm not religious per se. I'm not anti-religious, but um, I've always found people who immediately fall back on the Bible as an argument to be weak-minded and unintelligent to begin with because there's much better, much better ways and and much many better facts to use other than you know, a book that you can't prove or unprove of whether it's actually true. Um, so, you know, I mean, if you're going to logically argue a point, how about you use a book that can factually be proven? Um, well, the thing is, know, if, 
if you're if you're going to if you're going to debate an issue in this case this insanity that is going on if you're going to debate this issue debate the issue don't bring in the bible which has nothing to do with the sheeple right um you, so the number 3 thing go ahead i'm sorry go i ahead. got carried away there oh the number three thing that I want to point out is at no point did Trump say anything about us carrying guns to our rallies. Um, we've had three of them. Uh, the state of Michigan is well known for rallies at the state capitol when we don't like something, because unlike a lot of states where we piss and moan on the Internet, uh, or they piss and moan on the Internet, we just get a bunch of people together, go, we go stand on the steps, and we say, hey, we're here. And then if we get pissed off enough, uh, we do what they did the other day, and that's storm the Capitol and perch our ass outside the governor's office. And um, there was about a 1,000 people who did that the other day, many of them carrying guns. Um, it was peaceful. Not, nobody was shot. There was no intentions of using violence. It was simply a way to show her that look. <laughs> you know, it was a solidarity you, thing. Yeah, if you want to fight. <laughs> you know, you're probably Bring picking it. on the wrong group um, because, you know, if anybody knows anything about people from Michigan, um, you know, we come from a lineage of, you know, Algonquin and Iroquois, and uh, many of us have uh, roots that trace back to the Irish and the Vikings and um, all that that, you know, migrated down from Canada. So, you know, we have that Nordic Viking blood. So, um, hey, we're not scared of a little bloodshed here. Uh, And and you don't back that. I want to go back to what you said about Central Michigan being known as a party school. Yeah. I I had posted that uh, when I was talking to a friend of mine because Gigi said, block this nut. And I said, well, no, that would be too easy. I said, she gives me material to work with. And of course, I find her amusing. It's like watching a clock that's wound too tight. And I said, pretty soon the spring is going to go flying and the clock will stop. And I said, I think she's lacking in self-esteem. So Martha May comes back and she says, you get from my posting anti-Trump that I'm lacking in self-esteem to spite my education? Yes. Here's the, here's the thing. One, Central Michigan, um, it's not the best college. It's not one of the better ones in the country. It's not even in the top ten in Michigan. Um, in a state that has MSU, University of Michigan, um, we have Michigan Institute of Technology. Uh, we have Western University. Um, we have Grand Valley State. Um, Albion College, um, Spring Arbor. We have many, many great schools that are known for educational programs and that, you know, are not based around partying and, you know, being juvenile delinquents, basically. Um, Central Michigan is such a party town that the, it's it's in a town called Mount Pleasant. And, um, it's such a party town that the Mount Pleasant Police Department actually is about 10 yards outside of the college campus. Okay. <laughs> it's, there because, it's there because they figure, fuck it, they're going to be there anyways. 
<laughs> so that why not be at the college campus? Saves on gas. You can just yeah, pop walk just them down the to the jail. Shorter. Oh, so, yeah, I mean, this, you know, that's the thing about Central. And pretty much everybody who goes to Central, or anybody from Michigan will tell you, that's what Central is known for, you know, is house parties and people getting drunk and, you know, the hayloft and, um, you know, I mean, it's a party college, plain and simple. Um, even when I, back when I was in a band, you know, one of the best places we used to play is the hayloft because, you know, on a typical Friday night, you could pack a thousand people in that place, uh, you know. Um, so it was serious. You know, a lot of the clubs we played, shit, we were lucky if we'd get 50, 100 people in there. You know, we go to the hayloft, shit, there's a thousand college kids in there that wanted to drink and party and spend money. And, hey, if you're in a band, money's money. <laughs> so, um, but, yeah, anyways, you know. And, and the last point I want to make about her is, like I told you before, uh, the problem with educated people is they think they're smart when really <laughs> a lot of their skills are completely useless in the real world. For example, if shit went sideways tomorrow when the zombie apocalypse happened, God forbid, uh, <laughs> but, you know, with everything going on, not completely out of the reason, um, sure, she can build bridges. Well, good for her. <laughs> Does she actually have a skill that's useful to someone? Because I promise you, if everything went out, went sideways tomorrow, the power went out, no cell phones, uh, grocery stores were overrun, I guarantee nobody's going to be running around saying, God, I wish we had somebody that could build a bridge. <laughs> really? <laughs> the, the survival you know, skills are lacking. Yeah, like, like, look, can you cook? Can you build weapons? Can you, you know, can you, fire you know, a gun? CPR? Can, can you can you build a fire outside without a grill? Yeah, you know, can can you reattach an arm? Uh, <laughs> you know, something along can the lines of. Can you stop the flow of blood here? I mean, are, are you yeah, going to stand you know, here and, and scream? His she remind you know what she reminds me of? She reminds me in the movies they always have the one female character that just can't get her head out of her ass and she's screaming and screaming yeah. and screaming and you just want to throat punch her to shut her up. Yeah. You know, that she's would be the one in the May. movie that's like, she's the one in the movie that like, we should go this way. And she's the one that's always arguing. No, I promise it's this way. And then you go uh-huh. that way and you end up fucked. So, uh, yeah. Don't yeah, listen like, to those people. Yeah. You know, you, like, you, you can't sure. listen to those people. Yeah. Now, like, you know, yeah. you, you take me for example. I don't have a college degree. What I have is an advanced skill set that I know how to survive in the woods. I know how to build tree houses, fortresses. I know how to build underground tunnels. I know how to make weapons. I know how to drive a truck. So if we need to use a big ass school bus or something along that lines, I can hop on that bad boy and I can drive that damn thing anywhere I want to go. Um, I was raised in the country shooting guns. I could shoot a tattoo off a flea's ass at 300 yards. Uh, you know, so, you know. As Kyle, survival I'm be skills? Yeah, like, I'm right. going to be survival useful. Skills. Yeah, like, I'm the guy you're going to want around because when you run out of bullets and your guns are useless, I'm going to be the MacGyver motherfucker that takes a, you know, couple plastic jugs and melts that fucker down, makes it a goddamn spike, 
hard spike attaches that sucker to a tree branch and you won't be able to have a homemade pipe, you know, like in the olden days. So, you know, you can put it on a six foot stick and just start poking zombies in the brain. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the sad part, the sad part with all of this, Chris, is she's not the only one. Oh, I know. She, sure. she is, she is just the poster child for this type of of yeah. brainwashing that that I am seeing on social media. As soon as the governor said. Okay, we're going to go into social distancing. We're going to cut. We're going to shut down everything. We're going to cut everything off. I live in Florida, and I want you to know to this day, when I go, when I venture out into the insanity of the grocery store, there's still not any mm-hmm. toilet paper or bleach. Now I want to know, what in the name of logic? Are people doing with all of that toilet paper and all of that bleach? You can't hide. You can't hide enough bodies with all of that bleach. Right. Here's here's a here's the true stupidity of this social distancing um, type of shit. Okay, they shut all these businesses down. They say, oh, they're non-essential. Okay, great. Michaels, Joanne's, Hobby Lobby. Various other businesses We're shutting them down They're not essential because it'll spread This disease Yet You can go to Walmart You can go to Kroger's uh-huh. Aldi uh-huh. You, can, you can spread it just as fast there As you could In all of these businesses that are closed The only thing you're doing Is essentially Making them lose money And hurting the people that work there And and they're spreading it quicker because they are too paranoid and not educated enough to understand that when you wear gloves, you uh-huh. cannot put on a pair of gloves, drive in your car to the store, put your hands on the cart, wipe your hands on your face, pick your cell phone, because... You're you're spreading the germs from the gloves to everything else. And not only that, I, I, I got into a discussion just yesterday with somebody about this very thing. Um, our genius mayor, because Whitmer did not enclose it in her latest, you know, her latest um, degree from, uh, you know, Princess Whitler. Edict. <laughs> I would call it an edict. Whatever. Um our mayor took it upon himself to require that all businesses demand you wear a mask inside it. Now, half of the businesses, they don't give a shit because, you know, whatever. Um, There's a few that do make you wear them, you know, and then there's a certain number of them that demand you wear them. And if you don't have one, Hey, we'll sell you one for $2. And Hey, (laughs) I won't be doing business at your store. Well, that was pretty much my thing. I got into a pissing match with one of the Menards people because she said, the state mandates it. I said, no, the state does not mandate it. Well, here's where it says it. So I pulled it up on my phone, and I said, now read that to me, please. And she read it, and, and I was like, no, does that say that it's required? Well, you didn't read what it said. Well, I did read what it said. It says they're strongly suggested but not required, and nobody will be arrested or fined for not wearing them. 
So that directly says it's suggested but not required. Well, then she says, well, it's a local ordinance. Well, come on, make but, your mind up. It's but a local state, ordinance. state overrides local. Well, in a way, but um, our mayor, you know, he's he's kind of like the male version of, of her. Um, oh, he required Lord. So I just was like, okay, whatever, and I'll go someplace that, you know, isn't really enforcing it. <laughs> which is about half the places. Uh, so because I refused to wear one, I got into a pissing match on Facebook about, you know, I wouldn't wear one. So the guy says to me, he says, well, it's people like you that spread the disease. And he's oh, like, are you going to feel bad when somebody dies from it? Or are you just going to not going to care? And I said, well, you know, first off, I'll neither because one, how would I even know? <laughs> and two, People die every day. Well, you know? and, and, and it, somebody said that to me, and, and I said, look, if you think that you're going to use a, well, what if somebody dies guilt trip on me? It yeah. doesn't work because I've been burying people since I was five years old. I've held hands yeah, well, and, and watched pe- people in my family die. So don't don't hand me that little piece of, oh, how are you going to feel if somebody dies? I've seen more yeah. people die than you probably say born. Well, he says to me, and this is where I really took it to a whole new level of asshole. (laughs) He says to me, well, what if my 87-year-old grandma is in Myers and you'd spread it to her? And I said, well, I'd say your grandma was 87 years old. It's going to probably die pretty damn soon anyways. So, (laughs) you know, hey, (laughs) sorry about your luck, but 87 You've already outlived a normal life expectancy by 16 years, and, um, you know, it is what it is. So We, we are surrounded like, well, by stupid people. Yeah, he's like, well, that's crude. And I'm like, it's not crude. Look, my grandpa's he 93. He asked the question. What did he expect? Well, yeah, I, I'm like, look, my grandpa's 93. I love the man to death. I'd hate to see him die. But even my grandpa would say, look. 93 is 93. You pretty much can die any fucking time. And if he were to die, you know, and let's be honest, there's a better chance I'm going to get killed by some asshole on their cell phone not watching where or they're me- going. Or, missing, or passing out because they're wearing their mask in their car. Yeah, you know. So, I mean, we're, we're talking about a disease that literally has a 97% survival rate. Um, yeah. But nobody's talking about that so. because that's not the narrative. And I want to talk about that, but hold on and let me run this ad right quick for my friends Will, Nona, and Jade. People, we will be right back to continue this episode of The Sheeple and the Stupidity That Has oh, Ensued. Yeah, well. We would like to welcome back the Bon Mason to the airwaves, which we affectionately call the Mama of Modern Lit. Now for our boring what? ad. Okay, so you guys are tired and nothing to dance about in 2020? Oh, listen. Why not check out the 25 hottest authors, artists, and advocates magazine? Indie authors, artists, and advocates available on www.andwethought.com. You can also see what your ladies are up to. And their book, Literary Life Guides with Pop Poetry. A.K.A., yeah, our actual book. And audiobooks on www.andwethought.com. So stay well and stay healthy out there, you guys. 
All right. Bye-bye. I'm doing a radio show with Yvonne. And we are back. This is Off the Chain. I'm your host, Yvonne Mason, with my co-host, Chris Plain. And, Chris, we have a caller. I have no idea who it is, but it's area code 262. So let's just see who it is. And if it's Martha May, we may hang up on her. Hold on, everybody. Uh, uh, A long way from Martha May. This is Jim Strauss. uh, Hi, Jim Strauss. How are you? I'm good, good. Finally, we tie up after a few of my false starts here. <laughs> well, we're glad that you have, have joined us. Join in the conversation of the stupidity that is running rampant in our country. We have a problem, Houston. Well, and we do, we do, we do. Yeah. Yes, we yeah, do. Yeah, I mean, being far too kind. And it's, uh, <laughs> it's funny that it's, uh, it's uh, managed to evolve into a political problem when it shouldn't be that at all. You know, I'm a wild-eyed, basic uh, liberal, having been raised uh, an Eisenhower Republican and then come away from the party, although uh, I can't say that I'm a very loyal Democrat, but I am a, I am a progressive liberal. And I, However, I cannot an- ignore physics. I cannot ignore mathematics. <laughs> and I cannot ignore Thank history. You. And uh, so where am I supposed to go? Conspiracy theories? Because... Could we be so stupid as to have done this all by accident? Oh, uh, no, this was a well-thought-out plan. Stop yelling. This, this, very well-thought-out. Well, it's a I difficult mean, situation because I think that, you know, going all the way back, if you will, to something like the Kennedy assassination or the Kennedys and then moving forward to Oklahoma and 9-11, uh, having spent, 17 years in the field with the agency, CIA, uh, I ran into difficulties with believability when I started to look into those incidents, not necessarily having resolution because you don't get that in the agency. The agency takes in information. It doesn't give it out. That's true. Uh, That is very true. My conclusions in those situations were, uh, in every case, Although the events happened, they did not event. They did not happen as reported. What really happened is left to my conjecture. But then, then along comes this virus, uh, and and it has all the earmarks of the same type of uh, of full court press by the mass media supporting it, and any voices that are opposed to it. I mean. I've gone from being uh, a Joe Biden uh, guy to being considered a Trump guy in the space of a few weeks, simply because I look at the math and I say the math doesn't work. Uh, you know, even even with the numbers reported, and and I'm not sure about them because who can determine who is suffering from the virus when you're believing practitioners at the door? Uh, of a medical facility saying, well, you've got the symptoms, you've got the virus. Well, it hasn't been dependent on on empirical testing. Uh, And so when we start putting all these figures together, and and the other side of it is the deaths, Um, the determination of death. I mean, it seems like everything is being lumped into somehow being a contribution of the COVID virus or dying of that. And I have right. I have no ability to trust anymore. I mean, uh, you know, people that I I I found foundationally solid like O'Donnell and and Rachel Maddow, I've had to walk right away from. Uh, and I and that doesn't mean I've I've become you know 
a Fox guy. I've watched Fox all along, and I've followed Matt Drudge because, well, because I do have those foundations back there. You know, I was Bob Dole's campaign manager in Madison uh, when he ran for president. I mean, uh, that that tells you where I was in the party. I was a, I'm old enough to have been a very young delegate for Richard Nixon. Uh, and so I was very much involved with the party. I was Harris's in Orange County. I was his uh, campaign manager when he made it into Congress. But as time went by and the longer I worked in the agency in you know, 122 countries, it became very difficult to watch the party lose its sense of compassion, which I can't do. I mean, you cannot travel the world and not feel compassion, lots of it. And you cannot travel the world and not understand that you don't know what poverty is until you travel the world. And we don't That's have true. it here. Uh, we, we have, have poor been people. In some, I have been in some countries, my husband and I used to travel a lot, where poverty is, is a way of life. Yeah. Well, I supported a, a town, a whole town in uh, Kenya for many years because when I got to the town, none of the children, and this, they had like 2,000 uh, Kenyans there, and 2,000 children, uh, and all the children didn't have any shoes or clothing. They they were just in the parasites and all of that stuff. I ended up making a deal with Allen Edmonds, the shoe manufacturer in Wisconsin, to get ship out all the thirds that he had in containers and then went and visited my town above Mombasa and was struck because they hadn't had shoes so they put on whatever shoes fit so you'd have a kid wearing a boot and a tennis shoe <laughs> you know, <they> style, <laughs> but he had shoes. style hadn't yeah. reached them <laughs> so, so I, I've been around oh I'm I may sound young, but I'm really looking at 70. And mm-hmm. and I lost my husband two years ago. Who was who was a he was a I'm political hack. So he he thank you. He he got a lot of of people elected in his lifetime. I was so proud of him. But what what bothers me in in this whole thing is we have lost our sensibilities. We have lost the ability to sit and do like you and Chris and I are doing and have an a, an intelligent intellectual discussion and if we walk away agreeing to disagree that's okay too because we've listened to each other. Well I couldn't agree with you more of course. I mean dialogue dialogue in the social order and of course my background in sociology and anthropology and and I'm an ethnologist uh, by education primarily, taught college uh, with that. And, and I look at the social order and I just go, do you realize what you are messing with when you mess yeah. with the social order? I mean, what's a worst-case scenario? What if, what if uh, social distancing becomes a, uh, a moray, a cultural pattern? Goodbye kissing, goodbye hugging, goodbye marriage, goodbye you know, all you'll have is more divorces. I mean, how are we supposed to get people close? And then we already have a descending birth rate. We've had one for 14 years. Uh-huh. Without immigrants, we wouldn't be increasing in population. And they're cutting that off. And I'm going, wait a minute here. Uh, there's, a, there's a work ethic that has to be responded to here. And, and the young people have to begin taking over the load 
that the old people are letting go. And the social order and the birth rate has a has a big part to play in that. Uh, and I, I worry about the future for my grandkids and stuff. And, and that doesn't mean, you know, that they necessarily agree with me because, again, the press of the mass media is so heavy-duty and so believed that it, it's hard. It's hard to uh, to go against it. Hmm? Chris, so, I know you've got some questions for this young man. I mean, the funny thing to me is um, I don't like Biden. Um, I thought in the Democratic field, I really, really, really like Tulsi Gabbard. Um, she almost reminded me of the throwback to like the Kennedys and that, that, you know, she, she was a liberal, but she had the, the sense and the ability, like you said, to have a conversation and to look at it from both sides. And of course, you know, she was the one that they just completely shut out and shit all over and, you know, <laughs> didn't ever get yeah. a chance. Yeah. Um, so that, that frustrated me, frost, a little, frustrated me a great deal, um, you know, because, I've lived all over too, and again, that's another point I've made in arguments: is well, aren't you scared of this disease? Look, <laughs> I spent a year in Brazil, two years in the Philippines, six months in Thailand, and six months in Hong Kong. I've seen bad conditions. Okay, if that didn't kill me, I'm not scared of this disease because, you know, I mean, I'm sure you've been to Thailand, and you yeah. know, there, oh, there well, are I've been. In- I spent, you know, half my times in the many hospitals I was in. Almost always, it wasn't civil disturbance or, or agent to agent violence or any of that. It was always parasites or some form of disease. Uh, and yeah. those, you know, I I had to get treated lots of times out there because if I would come home, uh, hospitals, even Loveless, where I was opcon to, uh, they they weren't used to dealing with tropical diseases so they'll put, you know you got patumba fly eggs under your skin that are hatching oh. and they put a salve on it saying well that's not that's those are pimples or whatever and you're going i don't think so my wife threw me out of bed saying take your friends along with you uh, yeah. that type of thing and, and you know so you had to you had to judiciously find places that could accommodate that kind but i I couldn't agree with you more, but again, we're back to the numbers. Even if you yeah. buy into the numbers that we're getting, you know, very very few people realize that we lose 220,000 people in this country every month from a variety right. of reasons. And last year we lost 77,000 due to the opiate problem. I mean, the numbers for these things that happen have never been illustrated, turned, and used as a device to curb social and economic behavior, that I may lose 50 to 60% of the small businesses in my town on Lake Geneva is stunningly horrid. Uh, You know, and and at the same time, these big boxes, uh, Walmart and Target and Home Depot and Walgreens, they can sell anything they want in their stores. Uh They, they aren't limited. They've got a small section for food, and then they can sell all the rest of the stuff that all the small shops are now can't sell. They're out of business. Uh, and don't tell me about curbside either. Curbside will maybe get you 10 or 15% of your business back, but most of the if public, they, they shop. 
you know, it's why Barnes and Noble and and uh, and Borders both failed as bookstores. They failed for one simple reason: they went to spine out so they could carry more books. People yep. don't buy book spines; they buy covers. There you go. And so guess what? You walk in, and they they were trained. I'd get mad. I'd walk in, and they'd say, "What what author do you want?" I said, "Hell, I don't know." Uh, Well, what area do you want? I said, "Hell, I don't know. I just you know, but I can't find anything because I can't see anything without standing there taking book after book after book out um, of the shelf." And they they just they had no ability to comprehend, of course, because they weren't at that level, but. I had I had worked as a manager in a in a Barnes and Noble out in Hawaii for a period of time, and I had a good idea of what had happened there. We had a, we had a wonderful bookstore, but it was you know spying out was the the inordinate, not the normal. But that's a different you know that that's different, but still the same when you come back to looking at our businesses and what's happening. Plus the the disgusting behavior of think, of institutions like Harvard University and and uh, the Lakers. I was told tonight at a dinner party that uh, you know Harvard University don't go after them. They gave the money back. I said try that at your local bank. You're going to give the money back, all right? And you're going to do two to twenty. Okay, you don't you don't get you know. As far as I'm concerned, they ought to disband the institution, fire all the executives, and distribute the endowment. Besides, it's 60% legacy students, 97% A's that they get, and the, the, the society gets showered with a bunch of, of dumb snobs who all have, you know, pedigree degrees, please. Um, so exactly. you want like an opinion? You got one. But the numbers, the numbers of deaths and people who have gotten this don't justify this action. Uh, you know, they they do justify you know, taking certain actions that, you know, right. but, you know, even with the hospital, even with our, quote, heroes, unquote, you know, we just, we went on half staff at our two county hospitals yesterday, half staff. You know why? Because there's nobody there. There's nobody there. Mm-hmm. There's no surgeries. There's no elective surgery. No there's one no will go because they're afraid mm-hmm. of the virus. I talked to uh, the head cardiac surgeon at the Milwaukee VA Center uh, a few days ago. And he's worked there 33 years in cardiac surgery, and he said, Jim, um, we've got 24 cardiac surgery beds. I've never worked here when they were not all full, and I'm going to tell you right now, we have zero patients. Even heart patients aren't coming in. Nope. Yeah. And another reason they're not going in is because you cannot take an advocate in with you. I would have probably yeah. gone to jail if I hadn't already lost my husband because if I had to yeah. take him to the hospital, I would have been rocking an orange jumpsuit because in the 13 yeah. years he and I were together, I ne- we never were apart because I was his advocate. Yeah. Well, that's, that's another very, very, you know, people aren't going in because they don't want to die alone there, never having contact with their family again, because once you go in there, you lose all control. It's changed a little bit from the old uh-huh. days where you could leave without your doctor's permission. But now they use the virus. And, all, you know, right now, if you watch the news tonight on uh, MSNBC, it was real big on these uh uh, contact investigators that they're going to hire 100,000 yeah. across the nation. And, uh, you know, these brown shirts uh, are going to go out <laughs> there and, and they're going to be regular people, not cops or anything like that. And they're going to track down people who have had contact 
with uh, with people with the virus. And uh, of course, I was saying right away, I've got to draw up a list of my enemies immediately. I can get them sequestered <laughs> for three weeks just by writing their name down. Uh, who's going to believe your contacts? Who remembers their contacts? And uh, and then who's going to give that information over to some stranger at the door that's going to tell you, well, I'm sorry, you're going to spend three weeks in your bedroom uh, locked up uh, to protect your family and everybody else. And uh, uh, you, you sit there going, okay, I don't do that, right? I don't I don't go along because right now it's voluntary. Well, they're going to wait. And then they're going to come back and say, well, 60% of the people are violating this. Well, we've got to make it mandatory. Mhm. Mhm. What does it? All right. What does it sound like? This is shades of something that happened, not in the too far past. Well, it, this it, is a you know. Uh, there was a great book and a great movie called Ship of Fools. In the thirty, this shipload of people were out there traveling the ocean, and uh, they came together to have a discussion about what was going on in Europe and U.S. and Britain, and, and they had this long discussion, which is really germane today because exactly what was going on then is like what's going on today. Everything was nuanced in safety. Everything was nuanced in uh, turning in your neighbor who wasn't loyal to the, you know, the par- party back then. We don't have a party today. They don't use those words. But here we are, uh, you know, getting to the point where where uh, your neighbor or your family or whatever um, you know, is going to turn you in for what? Uh, you know, this face, this face, these face masks. Uh, I. I I have to wear one to go to Whole Foods and also to make some people happy. But in truth, I understand virology. I understand masks. I understand viruses. Virus goes right through a mask. You need a real specialized mask to stop a virus. Thank you. Yeah. And so here you are. The only nice part about wearing a mask is when you finally take the damn thing off, it feels great. I I won't wear them. I'll have a panic attack because I am a survivor of domestic abuse, and one of the favorite things that he loved to do was was covering my face and my nose and trying to smother me to death. So they're just going to have to lock me up because I I won't wear a mask. Well, if you get locked up, I hope that I get to visit. If if a store refuses me entrance, I know how to shop online. I don't have a problem. I've grown quite used to isolation. I have everything I need here. <laughs> Chris, what other questions do you have for this young man? Um, I mean, I think part of the thing, like he was he was talking about, you know, the numbers. Um, you know, you have the government giving these states an extravagant amount of money for every case they report as COVID as well. You know, I think with Kansas, I think possibly that. You know they're getting eighty-seven thousand dollars <laughs> per person that they report as having this. You know, so obviously the numbers. I mean, if you if you have any kind of brains, of course they're gonna. You know, yeah, well the that's part part of the problem. You know, I think it goes all the way back to Michigan. I think you yeah. know this. 212 million miles of lead pipes that they put in the 1800s have had their effect. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 yeah, 
the the average IQ is a hundred. You know, that's the mean IQ of the general population. But man, all I do is I keep watching that number sink. You know, every time I, I go out there, I go, oh my God! You know what? What were you thinking? It's like the woman who said, you know, oh well, Harvard gave the money back, and I'm just going, what? What does it take to take the next step? And and yet you can't call a dumb person dumb or they'll kill you. Okay, so how? I might get offended and tell you that you're not a true Christian and that you're um, an idiot. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Oh, you're her new case study. I have been called many, many things in my life, and it, but that one took the case when she told me that I was her new case study. Now, my degree is criminal justice. I'm a bounty hunter. I had to. I, my, my the the bottom part of my degree is psychology. This woman's got nothing on me. Yes, I agree. <laughs> yeah. And my thing was this. When that whole thing was flit and the lead pipe thing went down, you know, <laughs> everybody wanted to blame our governor, which was Rick Snyder at the time. Um, oh, it was his fault. It was his fault. You know, uh, he didn't do this. He didn't do that. Okay, well, you know, and then the the mayor of Flint said, well, the problem is, is our pipes are 40 years old. Well, ding, 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 ding. How have you been doing with all of the money the government gave you to maintain this system? That you have not changed your water system in 40 years. Well, and here's another good one for you. In the 1800s, we damn well knew what caused a ton of problems in Rome, didn't we? It was drinking wine out of lead cups. This goes all the way back, and they figured that out. Semmelweis and another team figured that all out. And then we still continue to lay lead pipes throughout our cities. Milwaukee has 123,000 miles of lead pipes. You know, is it any wonder that our our urban areas are ha- experiencing problems? You know, it's it's not a Guys, racial thing. It's a collected population thing. We are we are down to a, a little a little more than a minute. Oh, okay. uh, actually, I'm sorry. down to um, a minute thirty. Real quick. I want to bring y'all back because I don't know about y'all, but I've had so much fun. So uh, what I want, I've got Chris's information. Will you PM me your information? If you're not my friend on Facebook, friend me on Facebook so I can get this group back because I'm having a ball. I think we're friends on Facebook already. Okay. I looked you up. Yeah, we are. All right. Well, send me a a message so I can put you on. I will. I'll give you all my data. Okay. Wonderful. Not that I'm, not that I'm hard to find the, we out want there. We want the raw data now. Got to have the raw data. But what, okay. what, what I'm going to do, ladies and gentlemen, this is Yvonne Mason with my co-host Chris Plain and our guest, and, and th- these people are fascinating. We are going to continue this discussion. We're gonna, the show will go on live in a few minutes, and I want to thank you all for joining us. But if you listen to the archive show, we're going to continue talking for a little bit. And if you listen to the archive show, you get to hear the rest of this conversation. So until tomorrow night at 9 o'clock, when my friends Will Nona and Jay join me, we will see you then. I would hope so that this dry. It's so, um... So, um, what? My mind just went blank. <laughs> You're still reflecting on that IQ comment I made, aren't you? I am. Now, don't take that personally. I mean, come on. (laughs) But it was just... 
it's so funny because, bless her heart, she just, my brother, who was mentally and physically challenged, who in the 1950s, we were told he had an IQ of 75, is smarter than her. Well, you know. He has social skills. He he knows better than to tell people they're not a true Christian or they're stupid. Well, it's it's you know, the funny thing about that though is if you are a Christian, those words wash right off. I mean, uh, I know my faith, and and I can't I can be challenged, I can be quizzed, I can be everything, but I don't have any doubts anymore. It, but that's a personal thing, and and so correct. You know, you you treasure that, uh, and so. Attacks like that usually go back to the person. I mean, it's sort of like road rage. Usually someone who's doing road rage, you have to help because they are in trouble. They don't mean to hit your car. It wasn't the offense. It wasn't anything. They're suffering in other ways that are coming out through that manifestation. And when someone goes after Christians, they have serious problems. And uh, I agree. If you you can not abandon them, well, that's the real work of Christianity is to that that's the real work we're assigned is to go for those people and provide them help anyway and uh then then pray that God will show them the same light i mean uh if you pray for you know faith, God will give it to you, and he'll do it in a painful way, usually by testing your faith. Um, and so I don't pray for faith anymore. You got it, God. You hear me right now? I hope so. Uh. Yes, and, and see, I used to pray for patience, and instead of getting patience, I got sent trials and tribulations, and this was when my children were small. So I quit praying for patience. I just pray, prayed for strength to get through it. And and all all kidding aside, and I agree with your assessment about when someone attacks like that. So. What I told her, and, and this is another reason I will not unfriend her, because what I told her is she is on my prayer list. I pray for her every night, and I pray for her every morning. And that no and, doubt and pisses it, her off. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure it does. And it's a sincere prayer, because I truly, truly, truly believe, like you, something is lacking. Because if it's... We, the three of us can it's have not a usually lacking. It's 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 something in other areas are happening in her life that are causing him her to treat you as a target, an available target. And you're a Christian. It's easy to attack Christians because we don't attack back by and large. Uh, well, and we not have some our of own us. Way. Well, there's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm not a bounty hunter, so you know I'm not I'm not tough anymore. I got old, uh, and uh, I, I I refer back to the words of my grandma, you know, never argue with an idiot. They'll just pull you down to their level and beat you with experience. Well, they'll beat you with a stick too. I mean, it's sort of like if you are really intelligent, the last organization you want to join is Mensa, because you've just revealed yourself. And what happens to truly genius people? I'll tell you, real easy. Yeah. You can go back in history and study it. They want your shit, and then they want to kill you, yeah, so they can true. make this, can your you stuff their own. Tesla? Right. <laughs> That is very, very true. So if you're a chess master, and I am, and you want to have friends, 
then get used to losing every chess game you're going to play the rest of your life. You'll keep your friends. Yeah. So which one is important to you? Yeah. I was gonna, I, like I just said, can you say Tesla? <laughs> yeah, well, e- e- Elon is a character. He's a ju- he, there's no question about his genius. I mean, no, I meant Nikolai. I mean, well, Nikolai is is a good. Uh, I like the name Tesla, and I like the name uh, Musk, and of course, going all the way back to Nikolai, and and what kind of a genius he was, and how how yeah. unwilling the world was to accept it. But they stole everything he had, Mister Edison yeah. and Mister Westinghouse. And when they made the movie, they didn't point that out. Of course, they made it into <laughs> some sort of. Uh, a contest between AC and DC, and believe it or not, they made Tesla the champion of DC and not AC, when AC, of <laughs> course, was his invention and that changed the world, not to mention a few other things that uh, yeah. that no one wants to talk about. But nevertheless, and then you've got Elon with the Tesla car, which is... Some, it's a train. Oh, yeah, well... Oh, uh, yeah, there's... This is I like an episode of I Love Lucy, you know. <laughs> uh, sorry, I'm outside painting doors as I'm talking. So, <laughs> either that or you guys are hobos on some kind of, you know, train <laughs> out there on the, the train, the traveling is, fast because they're after you. No, the weird thing is, my wife works at the hospital, which is two blocks to my right, and they have life flight that comes in all the time. So we hear that, and then about two blocks to my left is um. Falcon Industries and all their stuff uh, goes out on trains, basically. So the train comes through. <laughs> so we get the train on one side and life flight helicopters on the other side. So, <laughs> you know. I have a question. Mm-hmm. What What made you want to call in to this to this show tonight? I'm I'm so happy you did. I'm tickled to death because I've learned a lot. And I got to talk to you in person. But what made you want to join us tonight, which is a blessing? Well, for completion, number one, to find out if I was ever going to get through, because every time I called, I was on the wrong day, or I was, uh, you know, I I, I got there, there was a listen-only type thing. So I was on, I was on one of the stored shows that you have. Yes, and, archives, and, yeah. and not knowing it, so I'm blathering away. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that kind of a show. So then I got the email here from you uh, saying that the show was on, so I thought I'd give it a try. And, of course, I've been I've been uh, writing articles on my Facebook pages uh, quite extensively ever since they started to overreact to this uh, virus. And I've been predicting um, dire things. And, of course, the real troubles have not started yet. They're still... Yeah. They're still rumbling. They're still there. People are upset. But, you know, America has a tremendous number of poor people that can't feed themselves. And what happens in the real world out there, and I've seen plenty of it, uh, people will starve themselves, but they will not starve their children. And so when that male and female stand outside their door and they go to provide for their kids, the two words that come to mind in this country today with 400 million weapons is carry conceal. Okay. Yep. You have, you didn't have, you had 8,000 weapons in the whole U S of a, when the swine flu hit, 
you've got 400 million now. Stand by. I mean, there's no police department, military. I mean, there's no, what police and military yeah. are three million, uh, and half of them are abroad. You think they're going to stand up against 100 million people? I mean, I've yeah. got 28 officers sworn in Lake Geneva, of which at any time eight or nine are on duty, and that means three or four on the street. Do you think they can stand up to even 500 of my 7,000 residents? No, they cannot. No, they can't. And they haven't. They're Every not, time they've been tested not. in this thing, in the parks where the people won't obey, we've closed our parks so people just cut the ribbons and go anyway, and the police have come and, uh, and wisely not reacted, got in their cars and left, okay? And that's right now. That's smart play, but, you know, has anybody thought about fortifying food stores? Because that's where they will go, and when they can't get food there anymore, guess what? They're They're going to face the neighborhoods like mine, and they're Uh going to look for entry and and food. And uh, and it's really hard at that point to blame them. Uh, You know, they, they did the stimulus and sent out checks to everybody, but they didn't reach those people. Those people can't get checks. They don't have fucking bank accounts. I mean, we got 25% of the nation that doesn't have a bank account. How are you going to get checks to those people? They have shifting sands addresses. I mean, a lot of our immigrants don't even know they're illegal. I mean, (laughs) it's, it's, it's shocking uh, when you start exploring the depth of the sociological wonder of a culture that's this extensive and also this wealthy at the top, which, of course, that some of this is insulation, wealth insulation. Everyone you see on that television is a millionaire, and everyone is getting paid, and everyone is getting paid handsomely. That's why when you see the statistics come out of their mouths, these anchors, they sound enthusiastic. It's almost like uh-huh. God. We're at we're at sixty eight thousand. Holy shit! Yes. How exciting I mean, is that? Except for them, it is because everybody's tuned in. First they had Trump, and now they've got the virus, and and of course we'll go back to Trump. I mean, the poor demented bastard. He's in he's in more trouble than I even can imagine. And who's coming in? Hold your breath, Biden. Why do I call him hold your breath? Because every time he talks, I hold my breath. Okay, what's he going to say? No. It's just, you know, who are we replacing uh, uh, this other guy with that that couldn't hold it together? Um, You know, and and I don't think ever thought he was going to be president, but everybody underestimated just at that time, uh, three years ago, everybody underestimated just how upset the country really was and they were they were hoping for the messiah and of course there is no messiah not in that terms the messiah the messiah is jesus christ and uh, jesus doesn't run for office he doesn't need to um and so here we go now with biden and uh and I don't know what that will mean, but this is a guy that, you know, and doesn't necessarily have a background that was real compassionate either. I mean, yeah. he he was, you know, the Anita story and and some other things that he's got back there. And, and I don't, you know, I have my own speckled background. Hell, I served a year and a half in a federal penitentiary. I'm not without sin. Uh, and and not, then I didn't even sin to get there. You could get there very easily. As I said to the guys around me that I collected around me, it was interesting to be on the yard with these guys because I had so many great people. And I said, stop saying that you didn't do it. Start saying the truth. 
What's the truth? The truth is, it doesn't matter whether you did it or not. You don't belong here, and you don't. You shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be here. I mean, uh, mine was, was, of course, I got upside down of President Clinton and George Bush at the same time, if you can believe that, and and they got mad. (laughs) And so that's your... But you went to prison because you pissed off the wrong people. That's what most people end up there for. We're finding out right now that they're releasing all these prisoners. We had 600 in our our wall with prison uh, two months ago, and we now have 80. And yet all these prisoners who are being released are not committing great crimes. We're down 50% on our crime. Um, And so a lot of those people are not in there uh, because they're career criminals. They're in there because they really piss somebody off. And either that was by taking taking their money or whatever, they really piss people off. And then we created a system. You know, I I never met a DA I could have a civil conversation with since that time. <laughs> and and I because they aren't mentally set up to do that. They're mentally set up to be domineering, tough bastards, men and women alike. And uh, okay, I need I know you need that morality play. When I was a cop and I caught speeders, I needed the morality play to allow me to write them tickets because I knew the speed limit was 55, they were doing 65. Uh, Where was the safety hazard when the previous speed limit was 75? There wasn't one, but I had had my morality play so I could live with myself. Um, what, What are we doing out here with with the virus, what are we doing making you know policemen and firemen and now healthcare workers heroes? When we need heroes, you can't get them if you've made everybody a hero. Okay, exactly. you've, got, you've got to be able to give them something special so they will have that extra motivation to do it. They have to know that the social order is going to be very pleased with what they did. It's called sociobiology, and it gives them an opportunity to produce more children and blah, 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 blah. But that's on the, you know the scientific side, but in the reality is... It also means if they've done, you know, I was in Vietnam as a company commander. My book's uh, 30 Days Has September. I'm on the last segments of the third book now. My friends say the longest 30 days in history because the three books will be end up being 1,200 pages. But in truth, I, the truth is in the detail. I had to tell all the detail of what happened in order for non-combat people to understand what real combat is really like, which is nothing what is portrayed in the movies or in other books that I read. You know, it's a, it's a place of continuing rolling terror, uh, misunderstanding, disorganization, everything else. And I don't care whether it's Army, Marine Corps, you know, or Israeli or whatever, that's combat and that's what happens out there. But, you know, in so doing, it tells you I have have a background where I understand post-traumatic stress and the cure for post-traumatic stress, as I told those guys a long time ago when I went to the VA with trouble coming home, and I sat there, you know, my car was being repossessed, I was being evicted from my apartment, I had a darling little girl and a wife, and so I went to the VA, and they were talking to me, the counselors, and I said, why can't I have your job, what do you make? They wouldn't tell me. And they said, well, you, you don't have the credentials. I said, give me the credentials. I'm a bright guy, and I'm educated. 
and and they said, no, 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 we'll give you something better. We'll give you this advice. You, with your talents and your ability and now your life experience and background, no one could be in a better position to take care of your problems than someone like you. That was their advice. advice. Yeah, so, yeah, that was great advice. And so I had a drug problem at that time, and I went went outside to talk to my wife and ended up crying in the parking lot. Why? Because it was November, and they gave me a, a rehab date for June 30th of the following year. I wasn't going to be alive on June 30th of the following year. So I had to find another way. But that tells you back then, the VA's come a long way, by the way. And I'm just giving you that so that you have an understanding that I have an understanding of what it takes if you want to continue the kind of work that you're doing right now and wondering who's going to reward Miss Mason for the work you're doing. I mean, it's a tough one. Because you take a lot of heat and you hope that by doing the right thing that society will respect and reward that. Oh, I don't expect that. I don't expect... No, seriously, I don't expect to be rewarded or appreciated. I just stand by my convictions. And my reward is in heaven. So I am... this, This earth is not my home. So I don't expect any reward or, or any attaboys. I haven't gotten any in my entire life, so now's a little bit late to be expecting them. You're only 70. Come on. Yeah. I'm, I'll be 69 in May, but, yeah, I don't expect – I because I stand by a con, my convictions and I, I will not compromise my convictions, that's why I do what I do. And I'm well, hated, and I know that. I've been hated I mean, a lot, and it's okay. Well, I think you're doing good work. Well, thank you. Now, of course, reaching a bigger audience is a son of a bitch. Uh, because oh, no, this, they limit. this radio show has over 250,000 listeners in 20 countries. Well, that's nice. I, I didn't know you were that big. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. so I have a question because sure. you, 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 you were talking about your books, yeah. Vietnam and all of that. Um and, and I've always wondered this. Uh, I'm a huge fan of a certain author and and gentleman who has an extensive background. And I always wondered. I, I know the majority of his books are based on fiction, uh, but the first two are supposed to be uh, based on his life during that time. Um, so the whole thing with Dick Marcenko. I mean, are you familiar with him? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you probably are. But uh, yeah, I met him in Santa Fe uh, in in the uh, um, early '90s. So, yeah, he was. So he wanted cell, to go like, to Vietnam and rescue some POWs, and the agency sent me to talk to him because he was very well known with his Navy SEAL books at the time. And right. uh, so I got the nod to go talk to him, and what he said and the data he had made sense. And so I brought in, I brought in an initial analysis team, and then we went. We ended up flying to D.C. to get approval. Uh, for it, and we needed uh, we needed someone to spearhead it for us, so we went to John McCain, and he threw us out. <laughs> yeah. So, did, so and, did he actually go to prison over the red cell thing? Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> because I, I I used to have a VH tape of the the red cell thing where 
you know, they were filming themselves as they did that. And I always thought that was the most insane thing is, you know, I mean, to pull that off was just mind boggling, yeah. you know, what he well, did. Well, Marichinko is a character. There's no question about that. I mean, I yeah. much enjoyed the, uh, the show, uh, holy shit, we met in a house in Santa Fe, and I was there for hours. I was highly entertained and, of course, added my own to it. And uh, you know, But I also had a, a pretty good understanding that you know, he, he wasn't a combat guy. Navy SEALs, for one thing, don't go into combat by and large. Um, it, that's not what they do. Okay, they train a whole uh-huh. lot, and then they have specific things that they get involved with. But you can imagine why not. I mean, when I was in the agency in the field, I need indigenous assets. I need people who understand the culture, the religion, and the language. And no matter how good I came out of Monterey language school or how many languages I speak, and I do a few, I know that dialectically I cannot survive in that environment as a local. So I need... Uh-huh locals okay i don't need guys six foot six inches tall with a bald head and an attitude and muscles okay right. that's called an international incident okay and, and among other things yeah and so you know when you read about of course uh, osama bin laden and what happened there uh, and and the number of men they lost on that mission that they did not report you cannot lose a supply chopper filled with uh, with uh, operatives and have no casualties, okay? So if you paid attention right. to the news reports, a month later in Afghanistan, they had all of these Navy SEALs die in a plane crash, a helicopter crash. Uh-huh. No, they didn't. They died in the uh, attack on Osama bin Laden's place. And, you know, that's to say that Osama bin Laden was truly there and truly involved. And 9-11 didn't make any sense. 9-11 couldn't happen the way they said. Come on. A bunch of half-assed, failing flight students fly these airliners into buildings when every professional pilot in the world will tell you they couldn't have done it. Um, exactly. You know what it's, you know what it's like, like to fly a plane that fast, that low, at a heavy uh, curve? Um, you know, it's it, it just to hit something as small as the tower, very difficult to. And, and you know, I'm not a fixed wing pilot. I've done it, but I'm primarily a, a chopper pilot. And, the other uh, thing but, is, too, and this is a question for you, like the Pentagon, wouldn't a, a plane flying over Pentagon space, wouldn't they scramble fighters long before a plane could get to that? No. I mean, isn't that protected airspace? I wish they were that good. No, they're not that good. They're not that good. Okay, I wish they were that good, but they're not that good. I mean, they weren't that good then. They may be improving. Until we have AI, you know, it's like Tesla's cars. You know, I I drove one of uh, Elon's in Hawaii, fully automatic, and uh, with trepidation at first. But the sense of relief after being in it for about 15 minutes is overwhelming. That car out, out drove the shit out of me. Uh, and I didn't have to worry about a damn thing. I wasn't going to hit anybody in the rear. My wife uh, and uh, other passengers relaxed, and we talked and had a good time. We got to where we were going. I went, that was a different car ride in traffic for damn sure. Uh, and, and, you know, this, the same is true. Uh, for you know the the rest of technology that that is highly lauded and is great in some areas but lacking in others. I mean, uh, why doesn't your computer tell you what's wrong with it? For example, it could, right. 
but it's got to be properly programmed to do that. Why are we still lacking the technology? I worked for Dragon, the company, for a short period in Hawaii when I was a professor. They wanted an anthropologist, and and they couldn't get the nuance of the uh, of the language, the idiomatic expressions, right, so that it would be accurate. Because we do so much screwing around when we're talking. We don't just say the words very slowly and with hyphens. Uh, we just go on and on with with all kinds of crap. And and the funny thing is, is they've created their new language program now. I'll have to get it, see how it is. It's called Nuance. <laughs> I yelled at them that they lacked nuance, and they fired me. Uh, <laughs> But that's not uncommon for me. I've had 23 careers and been fired from 21, so what the hell? Well, they're going to get ready. This this show that we're on, the Blog Talk Radio is going to get ready to kick us off, but I do want us to come back and do another show. Because I'll send you my I don't dad. know about y'all, but I've enjoyed it. Well, same that's here. Cool. Thank you. A pleasure. And, and I will you're talk to you soon. Me. Yes, you're yeah, going to send me all right your now. information. And then I'll yep. set up another show, and we'll we'll continue this because I want to talk about your books. Well, you know, it's been you know, I've been writing since I was a kid, and it's a lot of fun. Uh, but you know that those were those have been the toughest books for me to write, of course. And but and anyhow, we, thank you. So send me all of send me everything so I can do my deep dive on you and and get all the dirt on you so when we come back together again we can really really talk you got it okay thank you <laughs> take care chris bye bye yeah, absolutely man it, it has been an absolute bye-bye, pleasure sweetheart. hey well, chris what's we your will... last name a uh, plain p l a i n okay got it thanks chris plain and Yvonne Mason. Yeah. And what I will do is I will when I when this thing uploads into archives I'm going to put it on both your pages I'm going to put it on my page and tag y'all in it and then y'all can share it. Thanks. All right. Cool. You take cool, care. Cool, cool. Bye bye. Right. Talk to y'all later. Good night. Yeah. Bye. Bye bye.